Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And welcome back, everyone, to the Lay the Points podcast. I'm your host, Kendall Caps, alongside Jordan Chirot. Jordan, we are two weeks into the NFL season. This past Sunday, I don't know about you, but I almost had a heart attack with all the insane comebacks that we saw. I mean, I can't tell you how exciting, especially that opening window. That was just phenomenal just to watch. And then in the late the late window to see Arizona's comeback, I mean, how, how much fun was that? Yeah, it was a lot of fun until I saw the, uh, the ending of the um... – Las Vegas, uh, Arizona game. I had a parlay on that and I had like a, like a four teamer. And then I had, um, the Packers going in, pl- uh, minus four going into Chicago just needed the Raiders to win. And at one oh. point they were up, I don't know, uh, 28 to they were three. up 16 in the fourth quarter. 16. Yeah. And so, yeah. and so it got to that point and got an overtime and then they stopped them and they got the ball back. And I was like, did that just really happen? But you know, that that's sports gambling and that's football. I mean, anything can happen. It's crazy. Uh, but, uh, the NFL is definitely living up to its, uh, to the hype, you know, two weeks in a lot of exciting things. Um, and then fortunately, uh, some, some, some bad injuries. Trey Lance goes down with a broken ankle. Uh, he lasted one game and two drives in, uh, 2022. So, uh, prayers for Trey. And, uh, I know he's had surgery and he's doing well. So, uh, the Jimmy Guerrero uh, era has begun in 2022. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Jimmy Garoppolo era has begun. I'm sorry. I, I, I just don't want him as my quarterback, but he's there. <laughs> You'd rather have some guy named Jimmy Guerrero. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Guerrero. <laughs> so anyways, but yeah, it's been super, super exciting. Um, I mean, I can't wait for this Sunday um, to get going. So, Well, yeah, there, yeah, I mean, there's a ton of really, really interesting matchups. Uh, so I have I have a few here that I wanted to go through that I feel pretty strongly one way or the other, whether it's the team or the over-under line. Uh, let's start in Tennessee, which, you know, we all got uh, to see what they look like last night. Yeah. Uh, they went to Buffalo for the Bills' home opener and got shellacked 41-7. to They fall down to – they're going to – they go back home. They're hosting the Raiders. And really, this is almost an elimination game. The Raiders are favored by two and a half in Tennessee – both teams are 0-2, desperate for a win. Is there one side or the other here that you like? You know, I've believed in the Raiders um, since the beginning of the season. And, yep, you were uh, bullish on them, yeah. I was, and uh, I I just think right now they're 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 trying to find themselves. You know, they had a tough matchup against Chargers in Week One. I mean, they were coasting against Arizona. I mean, Arizona is not a very good football team right now. Their offense is not very good at all. So they just kind of took the foot off the gas um, and kind of lost focus in that in that week two game. But um, I'm still very bullish on them. I think they're going to bounce back. I do not believe in the Tennessee Titans. I just don't think they're very, very good anymore, um, especially losing with somebody like A.J. Brown, who's absolutely killing it in Philly. So, um, yeah, I feel very, very confident. Actually, I'm going to be in Las Vegas, and I think that's going to be one team that um, – I'm going to bet hard on is the Raiders Raiders minus two and and a half interesting with the line sitting at two and a half uh, or opening at two and a half Vegas is almost imploring the betting public to take the Raiders, which, 
you know, tends to favor the home team in this situation. But like you, it's hard to believe in this Titans team right now. Their defense doesn't look anything like what we had seen the last couple of years. And Derek Henry looks like he's not close to the same back that we saw before he got injured last season. And he really struggled. Now, don't get me wrong. The Bills defense did a great job. Um, he ripped off a couple of nice runs on their first drive or two. And after that was pretty much non-existent. Uh, and without A.J. Brown, like you said, where is Ryan Tannehill going to go with the football? Right. Um, but because the Raiders' defense uh, is so known for giving up big plays, I could see the Tennessee at least scoring some points in this game. And I absolutely trust that Josh McDaniels is going to recognize, hey, we only threw the ball to Devonta Adams three times last week. Yeah. Maybe we should throw it to him a little bit more. They threw it to him like 13 times week one. He had a yeah. buck 50 in a score. The Titans don't have a very good secondary. So I think we're going to see a lot of points in this one. So for me, I agree if I had to pick a side, I like the Raiders as well. But I really, really like the over. It's sitting at 46 and a half. You can lay the 110 to get the over. I think this game is going into the 50s. I just don't see how either defense is going to get the other offense off the field. Yeah, you know, like, and the Raiders, um, I think they're just trying to find their way um, offensively too, you know, because Hunter Renfro was so good last year and he's not been really been a factor yet. And uh, also incorporating Darren Waller. And, um, you know, it's going to be one of those teams, I think, that once they kind of get like a really good win, then the ball is going to get rolling for them. So I think right now it's it's just kind of a process. They're trying to figure things out. But, uh but yeah, like I agree. Like I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in the game. But um, yeah, I personally um, think the Raiders bounce back big this week. All right. How about we move to maybe the game of the week? Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home. It's their home opener because they went to Dallas and then they went to, to New Orleans their first two games. So they get their home opener in week three against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Bucks are giving them two and a half over under sitting at 41 and a half, which who could have thought that you'd have a Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers matchup with an over under of only 41 and a half. That tells you a lot about one, how good these defenses are playing and two, how inept their offenses have looked. Well, um, I'll be honest. I really like the under on this one. And the only reason why is because, um, um, I don't know if you saw the, uh, massive, uh, brawl on Sunday between Marshawn Lattimore and, uh, Mike Evans, but, yeah, uh, who could have missed it? Apparently they have a big history. This has happened like this is the third time this has happened. Um, yeah, going I've back been writing about it for the last couple of years. Yeah, oh Lattimore and Lattimore for the last couple of years, or really throughout most of their careers, because they go against each other twice every year. Yeah. And Lattimore tends to get the best of Mike Evans, and I think that boiled over a little bit once everything really because that that was a really physical game. It was three three midway through the fourth quarter. Neither team could move the ball on offense. Um, and lo and behold, Brady finds Prashad Perriman to, to take the lead on a deep shot. And then the Bucks get the pick six. I agree with you. I mean, it's, it's going to be hard for either team to score. One yeah. thing that is worth noting though. So not only because of that blow up, the Bucks will be without Mike Evans. Chris Godwin is unlikely to play still with his knee, with his hamstring injury. We don't know about Julio Jones yet. So that prompted the Bucks to sign uh, Cole Beasley earlier on Tuesday. Now, I don't know how well he can integrate himself this quickly into the offense, but Beasley is known for being shifty in his ability to get open within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. 
knowing the offensive line problems for the Buccaneers, who are down three starting offensive linemen and the backup left tackle. So they're down to a third tackle. Brady has to get the ball out quickly. So getting a guy like Beasley should definitely help them, you know, on picking up third and fours, third and sixes, second and eights to be able to stay ahead of the chains. So I think that was a big move. But also on Tuesday, the Bucks lost defensive tackle Akeem Hicks. He tore his plantar fascia earlier in his foot in practice on Tuesday, and he's out for at least a month. Now, the Bucks' defense, in particular their run defense, I mean, they've only allowed one touchdown this year. Their defense, no, no one's talking about it, but their defense is by far the best in the league through two weeks. I know the Bills could make their claim, but at least the Rams at times move the ball on them. No one has picked up first downs against the Bucs, essentially, so far through two games. Um, so that's kind of a big blow to their defense. Um, it, it's going to be difficult, I think, for both teams to get into the 20. So yeah, like you, the under 41 seems like a solid play here. Yeah, I I think after watching Sunday Night Football, um, I think uh, and seeing what the Bears did on the on on the ground against Green Bay, like they had two, three good drives that they were just running clear lanes. And yeah. uh, I see a very, very run heavy defensive game. Uh, I think Leonard Fournette's going to get 20 like at least 20 plus carries in this game because like if you look at right now um you're going to get a Cole Beasley that might get limited snaps you have mm-hmm. Rashard Perriman, Russell Gage and Scotty Miller and maybe Julio Jones yep. against Alan Lazard and guys that going against that secondary so you can see how this game's going to go it's going to be a lot of Aaron Jones, a lot of Aaron Dillon, and a lot of yep. Leonard Fournette, and a lot of defense. And then one of these plays, you know, like one of these players are going to make a play through the air. And, but um, yeah, like I could easily see a 17 14 game, you know? Yeah, um, I, I completely agree. It's yeah. because not only is, is the game and, and the Packers, particularly, their offense is so predicated on being able to run the football. We saw it in week one, they couldn't run the ball very well, they struggled offensively. They ran the ball pretty well or really well, especially with Aaron Jones in week two against Chicago. And that opened things up a little bit in the passing game. I don't expect them to find the same success in this game. And the Bucs, like you said, they're going to lean on the ground. So if both teams are running the ball, that means that's shortening the clock as well. There are going to be fewer possessions in this game. Both teams have struggled in the red zone. means we're looking at more field goals. So that 41 and a half, the under is definitely looking really juicy. I'm with you. Okay. Let's jump to um, uh, the Rams minus three and a half at Arizona. Um, who do you like in that? I, I know the Rams have not looked like the Super Bowl champs so far. Uh, you know, week one, they got their doors blown off by Buffalo. And week two, even though they had to escape late for a, a 31-27 win against the Atlanta Falcons, they led that game 28-3. to They were in control for most of that game. And... You know, they turned the ball over late. They made some uncharacteristic mistakes. But overall, I think they were starting to right the ship. Uh, whereas Arizona, I think, you know, coming into this game, they feel pretty good about themselves. They got to win. But for three and a half quarters against the Raiders, their offense looked anemic. They couldn't run the football. James Conner got hurt. They, they had no one who was creating separation. Marquise Brown didn't have that good of a game. And then things changed. And a lot of it, to Kyler's credit, like he made unbelievable play after unbelievable play. But these two particular teams, the Rams have won 10 of the last 11 meetings. 
And every one of those 10 wins was by seven points or more. The Rams own the Cardinals the last half decade. It's hard for me to see this Cardinal team, which I don't think is nearly as good as what they look like in the second half of that fourth quarter, being able to keep up with the Rams. Give me the Rams in the three and a half. Yeah, I think the Rams um, kind of got their footing. Um, they kind of settled down. Allen Robinson really kind of, you know, had a very, very quiet week one, and and, and he kind of really took off in week two. Cooper Cup was Cooper Cup. They got their run game going. Um, I think the Rams kind of got their swagger back, and uh, I think uh, credit to Arizona to come back, um, but I kind of lean more on the Raiders just kind of falling apart. But Kyler Murray made some unbelievable plays at the end of that game, so credit to credit to them. But um, yeah, I'm not a believer in Arizona. I think the Rams go in there and handle business and just lead the entire game. And then, you know, um, you know, Aaron Donald does the rest at the end and just kind of takes, you know, defense takes over and they uh, easily cover that. All right. Well, that's two teams in the NFC West. How about we stay in the NFC West? San Francisco coming off, like you talked about, a really difficult loss of a player in Trey Lance. However, Jimmy Garoppolo did fill in the rest of the game and played really, really well, had a passer rating of about just over 100, uh, so it's almost like he didn't miss a beat. They gonna tr- they're going to travel to Denver. The Niners are favored by one, so it's basically a toss-up. Over-under sitting at 44.5. You being as big of a 49er fan, I'm sure you have some insider information in really what you think is going to happen here. Um, so um, Jimmy came in, and uh, he uh, – he looked good at times and he looked bad and and there is a reason for that. Like he would, you know, like the man wasn't given a playbook um, in the off season because he just wasn't thought he was going to get traded, and then he signed late before the season was was about to start. So he even admitted he didn't have it. And then after the game, he said, "Yeah, you know, I, you know, there was plays in there I knew, and there was plays in there I didn't know." So I think this week he'll. Uh, they'll stick to the game plan of what he's done the last couple of years. You know, they're, they're going to, uh, he's going to throw, uh, um, in between the lines and they're going to run the football a lot. Um, even though they lost, uh, Davis price to a high ankle sprain, but they did sign Marlon Mack. He will be activated on, um, Sunday night along with, uh, Jordan Mason and, uh, Jeff Wilson jr. Who actually had a very, very good game. I just worry about Jeff Wilson. He, yeah, he runs very, very hard, but he has a tend to get nicked up, and 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 so um, I expect them to run the ball. And their defense has been lights out so far. Um, one of the top defenses. Um, I think they're only allowing like something crazy. I think like over like around like two hundred and twenty some yards of offense in uh, average in both games. And they're catching a Broncos team right now that's in disarray right now. Like they, I was very very high so were you going into the year i was high in russell wilson and i thought the first game uh was kind of like oh okay well, it was an emotional game i you know i yep. get it you know you know when tom brady, back to seattle yep yeah and when tom brady went back to um new england he didn't have a great game so like i get the emotions and everything and then i was like okay well they play the texans and um i actually uh, had made a bet on that game and i was worried all the way up until the f- middle of the fourth quarter, I was just like, what is going on? Russell Wilson just doesn't look like the same player. And, but I will say that Russell Wilson, every time he plays San Francisco, he always plays well, but you know, Jerry Judy is c- considered day to day. I mean, he got a, a shoulder injury, so they're definitely going to need him back. But the 49ers defense is, you know, playing suffocating defense right now. So um, for this in particular, um, I would, 
I would parlay this because I feel good now, considering that Trey Lance is gone, is is out for the year. Uh, we had talked before we came on, and and uh, and you said that their their Super Bowl chances are now a lot better now with Jimmy G. And I agree. It's just like I was just disappointed because Trey Lance is the future. Yep. So. I think San Francisco sticks to the game plan. They don't try to do anything like crazy this week. They run the ball. They play good defense, and then they take their shots down the field on play action. So, um, I really like San Francisco minus one, um, and I would tease that with the under because I think uh, I think they're going to try to control the clock. They're going to play good defense, and um, I'm just not confident in that Broncos offense. I just don't think like I think they'll be like really really hyped at the beginning of the game because they're at home Sunday night football. But I think the 49ers are one of those teams that can go into hostile environment environments, control the clock, and win the game. And if they can get to Russell Wilson, um, I uh, I could see them uh, sneaking out that win, um, winning you know by a field goal. Um, but I I don't think it's going to go over 44 and a half. So I like the Niners and the under. Yeah, if there's one bet on the board with this game, I like the under the most. The, the game itself, it's going to be difficult because as good as the Niners defense is playing, which it is, understandably so, we have to keep in context. The first game was in Chicago in a monsoon. I feel like most defenses were against a bad Chicago offense were going to play well in that particular game. And then they got Seattle week two, who's also mm-hmm. one of the worst offenses with one of the worst quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, now to your point, the Broncos and Russell Wilson are not playing well, especially offensively. They have not gelled. Russ has certainly not, you know, I, I thought it was going to be somewhat seamless coming in. He did a ton of work in the offseason with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. And there was, you know, all this tape of them practicing together when he first tr- got traded out there. And, you know, I thought it was going to be a lot more seamless. And part of it obviously goes to coaching. You look at Nathaniel Hackett, he is getting ripped apart in the media. I mean, yeah. He looks clueless. He looks overwhelmed sometimes, burning timeouts when he shouldn't be. He didn't have a punt returner on the field on a long fourth down. People, mm-hmm. the, the clock management, his indecisiveness on, on play calling. And, you know, he owned up to a little bit of it after the after the game and said, you know, I, I got to do a better job of getting the calls in there and communicating with Russell Wilson. And I got to do everything for Russ, this and that. Um, so there, there are certainly a lot of questions offensively. But defensively, you know, no one's talked about it, but their defense has played outstanding, just like San Francisco's has the first two weeks, which is what we figured. We knew Denver's roster, both on offense and defense, was elite coming into this season. And knowing that they're playing at home, I could see this game going either way, which is why I have a hard time taking San Fran or Denver. But the under, like you, both defenses are playing so well, and both offenses are not hitting on all cylinders. Uh, I, I do think that this is a defensive struggle and therefore 44 and a half, that seems like a lot of points. So yeah, I'll take the under as well. All right. Um, let's jump to the Buffalo bills minus five and a half at the Miami dolphins over and under 53 and a half. Can we just say that uh, both these teams look pretty, pretty good so far? Well, I was, I mean, we were both high on both of them. Now, obviously, yeah. everyone was high on the Bills. You were yeah. a little bit more than I was, so so far you look really good in that prediction. Um, the Dolphins, I think I was a little higher on entering the season than the general public because I, mm-hmm. I thought they were – everyone thought they were going to be good. I thought they would be a little better than that and potentially a wild card, maybe even a second-round playoff team. And thus far, they, they've lived up to that. 
but I don't like their chances in this game. And I know that they're playing extremely well, especially offensively. Tua threw six touchdown passes, tied Marino and Greasy's franchise record, and four touchdown passes in the fourth quarter, and all this, blah, blah, blah. The Ravens were starting three rookies in their secondary. Tyreek Hill was running wide open with no one within 20 yards of him. I mean, that's Tyreek Hill. You might want to have some people, I don't know, stay within 10 yards of him. Five, like it was ridiculous. The defensive breakdowns and the bills and the dolphins, the bills have owned Miami the last five or so years. They've blown them out almost every time they blow, blew them out both times they played last year. Now I know this isn't the same dolphins team and the offense is definitely much better, but the bills are playing at a different level right now. And even though this is in Miami, it's expected to be high eighties, low nineties. I think that could have an effect on this team, but it's not like the Bills are an old team that, get, that are going to get tired. They're mostly young. Um, the only question I really have for them is injuries. Jordan Phillips is questionable. Ed Oliver is questionable. Micah Hyde got hurt on Monday night. Matt Milano got hurt. <coughs> Excuse me. And so I have some questions there, but overall, the level that the Bills are playing at right now through two weeks, I just have a hard time seeing the Dolphins who, you know, we can't forget they were down by 25 points in that game for a reason and or whatever it was, down 21 entering the fourth quarter for a reason. They have some issues, particularly defensively. I think the Bills will be able to expose that and they should be able to cover. I'm going to disagree 100%. Miami right now is playing and they have a confidence and a swagger right now. And when they play at home, they're they're even better. Their defense is lights out. They're like they play with their hair on fire when they play in Miami. I think that um, with that receiver tandem with Waddle, who's played really, really good in Tyreek Hill, a combined 22 catches. Tyreek Hill had 190 receiving yards and two touchdowns, and Waddle had 171 and two touchdowns. They also have Mike Gusecki, who's a very underrated tight end as well, and two, his confidence is, is really high. Yeah, I think Miami is going to be all over Josh Allen defensively in this game. I think he's – I could see them having – four plus sacks against him. I think he's not going to have a lot of time just to like zing it all over the field. I think Miami's going to put up points on him. And wow. I think Buffalo, I think Buffalo's going down this week. I think Miami really? is going to be I think Miami is going to win this game. It's going to be one of the shockers of the week. Um but I am really really uh confident um in Miami and I might easily take this um especially with what is it's it's plus Plus five and a half. Well, I mean, if Miami, you, I mean, yeah. if you can go Miami money line, you're going to get yeah. close to three to one on your money. So that, like, yeah. that would be a huge play if you feel that strongly about it. Yeah, Miami's just like they're rolling right now. Like they believe in their coach Mike McDaniel, and they know that they know that you know, like the Buffalo Bills are like the team. You know, everyone's talking about them, yep. and they're going to have this is going to be a statement game for them. They're going to come out and they're going to be ready for this Buffalo Bills team. And I'm telling you, this is not going to be a good game for Josh Allen. I'm telling you right now, I think right, we'll, he is. We'll see. I mean, matchup makes fights. Matchups yeah. make fights. And so far when these teams have matched up, it hasn't gone well Miami's way. But you're right. This is a different team and they're playing with a swagger at home. So it, it's certainly possible. Give me the Dolphins money line. Give me that. That's what I want. 
All right. Well, from one surprise to another, uh, maybe the biggest surprise in the NFL thus thus far is the New York Football Giants, who are two and zero. Which it's crazy. They're actually favored uh, at home against the Dallas Cowboys. They're giving the Cowboys two and a half. Uh, who in the world saw the Giants being favored in this game? Right. Well, <coughs> I mean, like we talked about it, and we were laughing when they when Vegas predicted them to win what five and a half games? No, seven and a half. Line was seven and a half games. I still I'll still take the under to this day because their schedule has been really light, and I don't think they're as good as their record indicates. But yeah, I mean, two and O's. It, you know, you can't hate on them. They've won two games so far. Who did they play again? They beat Carolina. In this past week and beat him on a 58-yard field goal at the gun, and they came back to beat the Tennessee Titans 21-20 to in week one. So they beat two so teams. The two teams yet. they've beaten haven't beaten anybody yet. Right. Well, you know, um, as far as this game goes, I, I, I don't know where to go. So it's just kind of like, I'll discuss it with you, but I don't really know. You know, I, you know, I was talking to a friend at work, uh, on Sunday, and uh, I was I was a little you know more optimistic about the Cowboys and Cooper Rush going into that game. Everyone was 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 yep. saying that the Bengals were going to bounce back, but I'm like, you know what? I don't know. I mean, the Cowboys are at home. They're you know like Cooper Rush. Like I could definitely see him playing pretty well and and winning this game. And then sure enough, like you know like that that Cowboys defense. That's one thing that I got going for him. I mean, Micah Parsons was all over Joe Burrow all game long and. I think they sacked him like six times and uh, you know, like, I don't know what's going on with Cincinnati. Like, didn't they beef up their offensive line? Like in the offset, like, wasn't that the thing? Yeah, like according to pro football focus, they entered the N- this NFL season with the seventh highest rated offensive line because they went out and got three guys, two of hmm. them were former pro bowlers. And yet through two games, Burrow has been sacked 13 times uh, the most in f- football by far. Yeah. Well, well, you know, as far as this game, you know, like it's a division game. Um, I, I definitely think like it'll be close, but you know, I'm still not a full believer in the Giants. Um, and I don't know what I'm going to get with the Cowboys because yeah, like they won that game against Cincinnati, but they might lay an egg here. But I mean, I could see the Giants going three and zero. I mean, I could. Barkley's playing. Well, you know, and then they get well the Bears and, week four. So in theory, a lot, a lot of people think at this point the Giants are going to be sitting at four and zero. I, however, yeah. am not one of them. I like the Cowboys in this game. To me, this comes down to one thing. How can the Giants move the football against this Dallas defense? As bad as Dallas's offense has looked, which the first game was primarily with Dak Prescott against what thus far has been the best defense in football, the the Buccaneers. And then this past week, you know, uh, uh, Dallas moved the ball occasionally offensively. They didn't look like world beaters at all. But their defense... Because they lost nineteen to three to the Bucks, people forget that their defense played excellent in that game against Tampa Bay, and they played just as well, if not better, against Cincinnati in an even more loaded offense this past week. And even though they're going on the road, it's not like the Giants have some crazy home field advantage. I don't see Daniel Jones making big plays, and teams haven't been able to run the ball very effectively against the Cowboys thus far. And unless Saquon just completely goes bananas, I don't see how Daniel Jones in this offense is going to move the football. To me, that's where this game is won or lost because Dallas isn't going to do a ton, but they're going to score some points. They still have some weapons. They showed this past week. And one thing that is getting overlooked, 
because Cooper Rush spent so much time with Noah Brown, both on the practice squad and then as backups in practice, he's very, very familiar with Noah Brown. Like if Dak was there, we wouldn't be seeing Noah Brown doing what he's doing. But the familiarity and the trust that Cooper Rush has with him has allowed for them to flourish. And we saw it again Cincinnati this past week. I think we're going to see more of that again this week. And that also makes things a little bit easier for CD to eventually get some more single coverage and get some good looks, which we started to see as that Cincinnati game progressed. Because for the most part, CD was held in check until the game got really late. So between those things, I think the Dallas front and the Dallas defense will do enough that for them to be getting two and a half, give me the Cowboys. I just can't see the Giants going to three and out. All right. Uh, so that will wrap up um, our bets for week three. Let's jump into Kendall's corner. Go ahead. All right. So spent a good deal of time both coming out of the games last night and then examining everything that lined up for this morning uh, for week three. And there's one game in particular that I think a lot of betters are going to be really hesitant to know which side to go on, but it seems glaringly obvious to me which side you should be on. Chicago's at home taking on the Houston Texans. The Bears are favored by two and a half. Both teams, you look at them, all right, offensively, there's some struggles. Defensively, you know, there's a lot of question marks. Who knows? There's two bad teams. Yeah, but if you look a little bit deeper, Both teams have struggled to stop the run. Now, we know how historically awful the Texans' run defense was last year. And like you referenced earlier in the show, Chicago ran the ball very effectively against Green Bay, who has a very good defense on Sunday night. Montgomery was a man possessed, breaking tackle after tackle, ripping up 10 yards after contact numerous times. Meanwhile, Houston, not only can they not stop the run, but they also cannot run the football themselves. They're averaging 70 yards a game on the ground. So we have two offenses that struggle to pass the ball, two defenses that struggle to stop the run. One of them, however, cannot run the ball at all. And the other team is one of the best rushing football teams in in the NFL, and that's Chicago. They're at home. I love the Bears. They basically just got to win. If they win by a field goal, you cover. To me, this is easy money. All right, so now I want to move on to a four-team teaser where if you bet 100 bucks, you'll get 340 back. The Chargers are favored by seven against the Jags. That's an iffy bet. I don't know if they cover seven. I feel very, very confident that they'll win the game. Tease that from seven down to one. Take the Cowboys, who are getting two and a half, bump that up to eight and a half. So the Chargers have to win by more than a point. The Cowboys can lose, but by not by more than eight. Also, I tease the over-under in the Rams-Arizona game. Bring that down to 43 and a half. There is almost no chance that there isn't 44 points scored in the that game with those defenses and the way they're playing right now. And then finally, you also tease the Raiders-Titans game. Bring that over from 46 and a half to 40 and a half. So you just need 41 in a matchup with two teams that have plenty of talent on the offensive side, especially on the Raiders side of the ball. And not much defense at all. You tease those four, bet 100, you'll win 340. Finally, my parlay of the week, the Ravens money line, Cowboys money line, Bears minus two and a half. I talked about the Bears already. I talked about the Cowboys and the Ravens who are three-point favorites in New England. Again, we watched them blow a 21-point lead. Do I think that they're going to blow the doors off of New England in New England? No, I don't. But we know that 
Harbaugh has given Bill Belichick and the Patriots problems for many, many years. Even during the dynasty, that was one of the teams that at least gave New England issues. And now we're facing a watered-down New England team, a pissed-off Ravens team with a great head coach and superior talent. So take the Ravens money line. Don't lay those points. Take the Cowboys money line and the Bears two and a half. You bet $100, you'll win $550. That's a solid return for those three games. And that's Kendall's Corner. And you know I'm going to be in Las Vegas this weekend, so man. Well, I'm going to I'm going to have to Venmo you a whole bunch <laughs> until we get Good. prop 27, uh, or is it 27? Yeah, prop 27 until we get 27 passed. I have to pay all these damn fees. Seriously, I mean, um, well, you know, you, you know, like you can just Venmo me, and I'll just place all these bets for us, and we'll just do it together. And we'll just yeah, cash let's in, do it, man. You know? All right. Well, uh, hopefully that was helpful for everybody. Um, it should be another exciting week leading um up to sunday i know we have thursday night football coming up um between the browns and the steelers so um you gotta love thursday night football with all the injuries it's like but uh you know gotta have football at least you know uh three day gaps and then you get football and football like all week you know like my wife's like how much like is football on like once a week twice a week i'm like it's actually three and then when you get later in the season, it's on Saturday too. So yep. it's like, <laughs> <laughs> they're just trying to take over the whole week. Yeah, exactly. But, um, well, that was a lot of fun. Um, I hope, uh, we can help everyone win some, win some coin this weekend and, uh, looking forward to Sunday. So, uh, great talking to you again, Kendall, and we'll see you uh, back on Monday. Yep. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.